said, amen. Praise God. God bless you. Give the worship team a hand. Uh, what a great worship set this morning. Praise God. It's always, uh, always, I love our worship. Love you, honey. That's Janie. Everybody say hi, Janie. She was gone last week. You probably missed her. She was with me. <laughs> All right, we had a great vacation, went with some dear friends, met some new friends along the way, and just uh, really good. I, I got a, I'm working on a study out of Galatians, and uh, Galatians, uh, one part, Paul says, Galatians is considered, is called the free gospel. I poured the vinegar in there, should I have? I don't know, we'll try it. It's not all, no, some of it's water, yeah. We're doing a, I'm doing an experiment at, at the, so tune in and watch. We, we have no idea if it's going to work. We're just going, uh, we're going by my wife's word and uh, she's right most of the time. But I, I'm going to preach, so today, carry on uh, this week and next week. That's a six-part series. I'm going to Galatians, a six-part series. I like to study a book or two of the Bible throughout the year. It'll be Galatians this summer. And Galatians is kind of considered the free gospel uh, and one part, Paul says, be kind. Well, uh, when we got back from our vacation, Janie said, uh, I got a new slogan for Dunn, North Carolina. Uh, and I said, what is it? She said, where we raise kind people. The people we went on vacation with were all from Dunn at one point or another. And honestly, the kindest people in the world. I, like, I, kinda, I try to be kind. I know you don't think I am. But I try to be kind. I really do. And it's, it was, it's like, have you ever had a slider from like White Castle? Or one of those, you know, little, all right. My kindness is a slider from White Castle. Their kindness was like a triple uh, cheeseburger from Hardee's or something, you know. It was just out of the ballpark. It, like out of our league. I want to be like them. I want to be kind like them. So I'm going to preach on kindness uh, to myself, and you can all come if you want <laughs> in a couple of weeks when I preach out of, out of Galatians. You can show up because I, man, that really convicted me. And she said, Janie said, I, we should just say, done, where we raise the kindest people in America. I think that's true. So uh, tune in for that one. That'll be good because we all, how many, do you feel like you have to work on kindness sometime, Michael? Yeah, I, for some reason, my eyes were just drawn to you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Well, I didn't mean that, but because uh, you are the, you are kind. You're like Southern kind. You are just a kind, genuine person. Um, so the first three weeks were a good soldier and a uh, athlete and a farmer, and that's kind of the standard when people preach this. They don't preach the back three that we're going to preach. Marcus did a great job last week on a workman out of Second uh, Timothy two and fifteen. A workman need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. If we're workmen in the kingdom of God, we need to divide the word of truth. We need to, listen, there's the difference between an eisegesis and an exegesis. And I'm not saying the word Jesus. I'm saying eisegesis and exegesis. An eisegesis is this, and I won't take a test afterwards. An eisegesis is when I say, here's how I am. Now I'm going to make the scripture line up with me. All right, that's an eisegesis. An exegesis is... Here's the scripture. Here's how I am. I'm going to make my life line up with the scripture. Big difference, right? And so we have to, that's the work we need to not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, okay? And so today we're going to talk about a vessel or a container. Marcus is going to bring up a, a pitcher and I've got some water. 
and then we're going to try to see if this works or not. I did not do it the first service, so I have no idea if it will work. So just tune in, and we'll see um, if it works or not. And so, but we're going to talk about a vessel. We're going to talk about a vessel of honor. We're going to talk about a vessel used for the glory of God. And so let's, let's go ahead and read the scripture. We'll pray, and then I'll, I'll walk you through uh, what the Lord laid on my heart uh, this week. Now, in a great house, and Paul's talking here about heaven. It's kind of a picture in a picture. And so when we, when we read Paul's writings, and this is 2 Timothy 2, 20 through 23, we have to know that he's talking about kind of a literal you know, situation, but he's also talking about a, a spiritual situation. So this great house he's talking about is in heaven, and it's heaven, and we want to go to heaven when our life is expired from this earth. How many want to go to heaven? I mean, that's the, it beats the alternative. Yes, there is a heaven, and there is a hell. We've not gone away from hell, even though some people say, well, it, maybe there's no hell. Uh, Jesus talked a lot about hell, so we, we believe that there's a hell, but you don't have to go there. Hell wasn't created for you. You. Heaven was, okay? And heaven is, there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth, okay, when this thing's all over with. And so there, there's this great house, and there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honorable use and some for dishonorable use. Uh, therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. We're going to camp out on 22 for a second and 23. So flee youthful passion, passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who, are call, who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Read that. I mean, just think about that for a second. And so what he's talking about as far as youthful passions is immaturity. In other words, Paul's trying to mature uh, the, in this letter to Timothy, those who are reading it, even in 2021, he's trying to mature and say, hey, when you were young, yes, you could get away with some of that. You could, get, you could get away those different things. God wants to mature you. Paul says, you know, get off the milk and get on the meat, start to mature, start to grow. And and by doing that, you start to pursue different things. I don't pursue uh, my self-will anymore. I don't pursue what I'm about anymore. I don't pursue what my desires are anymore, but rather pursue righteousness, which is a right living. That's something that in the eyes of God, I, wanna, I want my ways to be right uh, by the scripture. I want my ways to be right by what God says. I want my ways to be right. So uh, there's right living, and then there's faith. All right, without faith, it's impossible to please God. He that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek after him, Hebrews 11 and 6. And so we have to have faith. And then love, and that love is, again, what I started with, the service. Love is unconditional, but we're, we're told by Jesus not only to love God with everything in our whole being, but then also to love others as ourselves. And he doesn't qualify who the others are because that takes us into the Good Samaritan parable where here's, here's what the priest did, here's what the Levi did. They crossed over the street when they saw someone in need, but the Samaritan, uh, who nobody liked because nobody would claim because they were half Jewish, they were half Samaria, and, then, and they, nobody loved them or liked them, he's the one that actually steps in. So we have to pursue love, and then we pursue peace. Now, peace in today's world, 
world is almost non-existent. There's all kind of strife. There's all kind of fighting. There's all kind of things, maybe even in homes, some churches, uh, of course, in politics or whatever. But we're to pursue, the Bible says, righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who, are, who call on the Lord from a pure heart. So then this is the, the nuts and bolts is that basically uh, Paul says in Romans, the second chapter, verses 12 through 15, uh, that you are going to either be accused or excused based on your heart. Uh, that that's where everything, and we know again in Scripture, both in Acts uh, uh, 13, I think it's 22, and then in, uh, in 2 Samuel uh, the no first Samuel 16 chapter that God says that he looks upon the heart not upon the person we look at the outside God looks at the inside so as we pursue things we are supposed to pursue them from a pure heart in other words no agenda no internal motives, no defense. I got to defend myself. I got to do this. I got to throw this out on social media. I got to do this on Facebook. I got to do this on Instagram. I got to do it. No, no, no. What you need to do is have an agenda that just pursues Jesus with a pure heart. If you pursue Jesus with a pure heart, let him. The Bible says in Isaiah 58, and I think it's verse 9, he will be your rear guard. He will defend you. You don't have to defend yourself. Let God do it. That way you can set aside all these agendas. And, and you'll see from today's message, if we do that, then the Lord will do stuff on the inside of us that nobody else could anyways, right? So let's go to the next one because this one will preach all by itself, but I'm not in, this isn't even in my text. Have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. Like that was 2020, right? That was the whole year. Are you a mask wearer? Are you not a mask wearer? Are you vaccinated? You're not vaccinated? You, you a Democrat? You a Republican? You, it's like, man, I'm so tired of hearing that garbage. Anybody else tired or is it just me? Pray for Pastor Mark. He's tired of ignorant controversies. Foolish ignorant controversies, Paul says. Well, listen, you don't have to have a stance. Because what he says here, you know that they breed quarrels. I mean... Y'all, I don't. Y'all do mostly do social media. Have you ever read a Facebook quote or an Instagram like, oh, dear Lord, that's right, or, oh, dear Lord, these guys are crazy. It's like, you know, there's just quarrel. We quarrel back and forth. And I think, this is just my opinion, humble as it is, but right. <laughs> we have given the enemy an entrance into the church world because we've caused ourselves to fight amongst ourselves. We, we fought over this and that. And, you're, and, and listen, I, it's, it's, I, I, and Janie Kenneth says, I, do, I try to respect everybody's view. I try to respect if you wear a mask or don't wear a mask. I try to respect if you're vaccinated or not vaccinated. I try to respect if you're a, a Democrat or a Republican. And somebody right here is saying, wait a second, there's Democrats in this church? <laughs> and others are saying, wait a second, there's Republicans in this church, and oh, there might even be a few independents, non-affiliated in here. See, we, we've, we've, made, we've brought ourselves down to the world level, church. We need to rise up above that. The, the, the God we serve is in charge. The God, so why are we, why are we, why are we fooling 
with foolish, ignorant controversies? Why are we quarreling? Why is the church world? Why are Christ followers who should all be in it together, even if they're not on the same page, quarreling amongst themselves? If we're truly loving each other, right? And that's not even my message, but that's good, right? Yeah, that's really good. I know some of you are like, um, emailing Pastor Mark. I'm going to text. I'm texting Janie when I get home. Just keep texting Janie. <laughs> and, and then my, my email address is Pastor, or no, just Marcus at uh, gracechurch.tv. That's, that's my, that's my, or, or, or if you really want a good response, Emily at gracechurch.tv. And she'll go Burke County on you. And I, I just, that's a disclaimer. I do whatever you want. All right, so uh, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. And Lord, we thank you that we can mature, we can learn, we can, we can live, oh, Lord, on your word, because it's substance for us. So bless us, Lord, in these uh, time we have. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so I got all out of verse 21. I have four things I want to give you uh, that will help you. And I have a picture here because we're talking about a vessel or a container. Paul says, and that's this, that's this week's metaphor, is you, we need to be a vessel or a container. And it's, it's clear. And so the first thing he says is cleanse yourself. So we need to be clean in Christ, all right? There, there's vessels that are dirty. There's vessels that are maybe found. There's vessels that are broken. But we need to be clean. And so this glass pitcher is see-through. It, it's, it's, it's clear. It's, it's, it, we cleanse ourselves. It's a, it, Paul is relating it to our form of repentance, okay? And so in order to come to know Christ, and, and Christ, by the way, if you don't like, you're, man, I'm not even a Christ follower. I don't even know if I accept Jesus. Well, Jesus, the historical figure, was seen by up to 500 people after he, re, after he uh, resurrected from the grave. And so we believe that Jesus is the only way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by the Son, through the Son. We, that's, that's how God made it possible for our relationship to be restored. So when the Bible here, Paul says, cleanse yourself, he's really saying repent. And that's the first message that Jesus pe uh, preached was repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Why is that important? Because you technically can't cleanse yourself, but through repentance we do. When we repent, then the Bible says that the same spirit that rose Christ from the grave then dwells within us. So if we're if we're this vessel, because Paul says we're a vessel, then I pour in some of this water, which represents life, then the Spirit of God is in me, okay? So here, this is us. We're the vessel. We receive Christ. This is who, this is the Spirit of God, and now he dwells within us. And, and that's that's a miracle in itself because if you think about God, the Father, the Creator, who spoke through His Son this world into existence, that the Word became flesh, John 1 and 1, and dwelt among us, now He dwells in us. Now, that's a powerful statement, and it's a powerful miracle so that you don't have to worry about different things so much. We, we, we use way too much worry, way too much angst, and way too much anxiety on things that God's already taken care of. And that's, by the way, is the greatest miracle. Some people say, well, there's no miracles in the land anymore. Yes, there is. There's miracles every day of salvation. There's people that, that love God, that cleanse themselves. So when we cleanse ourselves, we get the Spirit of God in us. 
Again, same spirit that rose Christ from the grave. So this, this is important because this is the part of the picture that sometimes we don't understand. And some will say, well, pastor, I'm not clean. Or pastor, I've got a bad past. Or pastor, I've been you know, abused, taken advantage of. I, people hate me and, and all those things. That's okay because Jesus will clean you up. That's what Jesus does. He, Jesus will clean you up. Okay? So you might be a dirty pitcher that someone pulled out of the backyard, but once you start getting that thing cleaned up, once Jesus starts working through this vessel, and by the way, when you receive Christ and the Spirit of God is in, his blood starts to flow through your veins. So now you've got this extra life coming in you, okay? So that's number one. Number two, then, is be honorable. It's important that we be honorable uh, to God. So there was some that dishonor and there was some with honor, but now I want to be honorable. So uh, in, my, in being honorable in Christ means that uh, there's, there's value there. And so when we look at value or have, having value to the kingdom, uh, Janie's uh, mother and father are precious people love them dearly, and her mom is just off the charts as far as like uh, uh, 83, you know, just I think last fall she made a, she paid, she did a, a paved patio on their backyard, you know, with, with bricks, you know, like 83. Asked her dad if, uh, if he helped, no, but he sure did watch, it was a lot of fun. And, and, and she's just, she's, uh, she's like, she's just over the top. I don't know. I can't explain it. She's like this tall, and she's just, you know, what are you doing now, Mom? Oh, I'm painting the upstairs. 83. Uh, just an amazing person. Well, she has collected these uh, dishes forever. They're called Tierra, and they're like an amber color, real heavy glass, very valuable. And I don't think they make them anymore, which uh, increases the value, obviously. Well, uh, if you've ever heard me preach, Janie is a dish collector. She loves dishes. We have way too many plates, way too many cups, way too many. Yesterday, she asked me to get down some different cups for dinner today. I didn't even know that cabinet existed, let alone had plates and dishes in there. Well, you have to grab the step stool. And so I did, got them down. Well, she's been giving, my mother-in-law, Janie's mom, has been giving dishes to my wife really for the last 10 years or better, but a lot lately, you know. And so they came down, uh, usually it's for birthday or Christmas that she gives them. They came down uh, right after Mother's Day. They were, and they brought another box or another load. And so they're valuable. They're, they're super valuable to Janie, not only because they are worth money, but then there's a sentimental value there too. This, these are from mom and, you know, mom collected these and these are, these are really important. And so uh, it's, it's beautiful to see uh, the handoff. Okay. Well, the, the thing I could express then uh, for us as Christ followers is there's a handoff uh, from God to us because Jesus said, hey, you'll know I made it back if, if by, by me sending you the Holy Spirit. And so then what happens here is this is the, the, the Spirit of God, but then if you're a Christ follower, you can simply ask for the Holy Spirit to come into your life. 
It's that easy, all right? So we've kind of made it hard in the church world. We've made it really difficult. Well, you've got to line up, and you've got to do this, and we've got to lay hands on you, and we've got to bend you over to where you're doing the limbo, and uh, you've got to run around and, and, and all these different things, and that's not true. There may be some emotional expression that takes place, but then when you become a Christ follower, you say, oh, Holy Spirit, I want you in my life, and then God continues to fill the vessel up with his power by, by the power of the Holy Spirit. And then all of a sudden, it's a beautiful thing because as you see here, the, the vessel doesn't break. It just it continues to contain uh, the, the, the presence of God. So now we have the Spirit of God, but now we have the Holy Spirit of God as well just by asking. And we know it's subsequent to salvation because every place in the New Testament where even with Jesus, it was after the fact. So we get the Spirit of God, but then we get the presence of God. Now, when we get the Holy Spirit, it's like an add-on, okay? And we start to, we start to, oh, look at that. Praise God. That's good. Well, we want that. The holy, it's just going to rain all over because we, listen, we're looking for power in our life, right? Are you with me? We're looking for power. Thank you. It'll just be so much fun here. I'm glad I'm not Greg. (laughs) When you get the presence of God in your life, it's like a Joel, it's like, man, there's something new in me. Well, that's salvation. That's Christ following. When you get the Holy Spirit in your life, it's like a magnified power. It's, a, it's just like all of a sudden, God does these miraculous things in, in your life, and you don't, you don't even understand it, but he gives you the Holy Spirit because now you have value. There's value added. All right? You, you find maybe you buy a, a car, you buy a house, or you buy something, and they're like, oh, we want to add some value to that. We're going to put a home warranty on it. We're going to put a car warranty on it, whatever the case may be. God looks at you as a Christ follower. He says, I want to give you now the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is a value add because it makes you honorable to the Lord. And when we recognize, so in the old days, Peter said, in the old days, uh, we'll use Elijah, Elisha, and Samuel as prophets that the Spirit, Holy Spirit, dealt with men of old individually. So they would walk in town and they would say, hey, the prophet's here. And then the prophet would, would, would speak to him, and sometimes the people would tremble, or sometimes the queens would get mad. How dare you speak against our, our kingdom, our rule? And then when Jesus walked on the earth, Isaiah 11 says that he walked in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. So these men could only walk in part, and nobody else had access to the Holy Spirit. And then Jesus came, and then he, he said, uh, or he walked in the fullness of the Holy Spirit, but then he told his 11 disciples, because Judas wasn't there, that when I go, you're going to know I left because I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. You're going to know that I made it back. And so he's giving the Holy Spirit. And then Peter said on the day of Pentecost, it was free for everybody. So uh, Jesus kind of does an Oprah thing. Remember in 2006, September, Oprah had 156 teachers uh, in her audience, and and one of them was going to win a car, and then they all opened their boxes at the same time. They all had car keys, and she said, you got a car, you got a car, you got a car, you got a car. Really cool thing. Well, Jesus is saying, you get the Holy Spirit, and 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 all you have to do is be a Christ follower, and you get the Holy Spirit. 
You have to ask for the Holy Spirit. But look at 15 or whatever, how many years ago that was, 15 years ago, the, those cars might be rusted out by now. In fact, the car company Pontiac doesn't even exist anymore. But the Holy Spirit is fresh and new every morning. Holy Spirit will come into you whenever you need him and want him. Are you with me? This, this is important under, to understand that the Holy Spirit is not this fashion of God that you just is, is, that's prehistoric or antiquated. The Holy Spirit is the person of God, the third part of the Trinity that's there to help you with wisdom and counsel and might and understanding and knowledge and fear and respect of God and power. This is what God will give you as you decide to clean yourself up and you ask for him. And then the third part of this is, the, is, is to be set apart. Oh, that, there's still water there. <laughs> Wet Bible. Thank you. See, I, I'm OCD, so if it's not in the right place, I have a hard time preaching. All right, we're good now. Thank you. Um, so the third part is to be set apart. So Janie has this, these Tierra dishes that she just absolutely loves. She doesn't use them for everyday use. She has them in a nice, you know, china cabinet or a break front. She has them in another area, so they're displayed. But she does use them. It's not that she doesn't use them. She enjoys using them on special occasions, maybe Thanksgiving or, or Christmas or Valentine's or a special day. She'll break out the, the, the really, really, really good dishes, and, and, and we use them. God wants us to be set apart. Holy, you see the little word underneath? That's what the word holy means. This is Paul talking. I believe Paul was ordained by God, all right, to write the two-thirds of the New Testament. So I, I believe he was instructed by the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to pay attention to what he says. God needs you to be holy. God needs you to be set apart. So what we used to do, maybe we can't do anymore. What we used to think was right we can't think is right anymore. What we, what we have to make excuses for, we shouldn't be making excuses anymore. Can you say amen? It's the part of being holy. Wait, wait a second. So where before I would maybe expose myself and, and, make, uh, and make excuses, maybe defend it. Now I have to expose myself to God and say, okay, Father, is there anything in my life that's not pleasing to you? That helps me become set apart. Does that make sense to you? It's important. This is an important part of this message because you know the spirit of God, that you get that at salvation when you become a Christ follower. You know the Holy Spirit from God, that you get that as power, deuteronomous power, paraclete power. That's, that's power. So now I'm a Christ follower. I, I love Jesus, and I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I got the baptism, and this is an amazing thing. But then if I shut off the Holy Spirit from dealing with me, from telling me, wait a second, what you're doing is not right. Okay, wait, Lord, is that, is that right? No, it's not right. Son, you need to do these things differently or these things better. Or I'll be reading the scripture. And maybe I've read that scripture 10 times, 15 times. And all of a sudden that scripture becomes rhema to me. Wow, wait a second. I've been thinking this thing differently for all this time. See, being set apart isn't lining up with man's illegalism. When I first became a Christ follower, the church I went to, they didn't like their men wearing shorts. 
I love to wear shorts, Boyd. Boyd's got shorts on today. Call you out in front of hundreds, if not thousands of people. Boyd has shorts on. I couldn't wear shorts. I couldn't even wear shorts over my girlfriend's house, whom I ended up marrying because her father was so legalistic. Now he wears shorts. <laughs> but the problem with legalism is it changes. We have to go to the absolute truth, amen? If we go to the absolute truth, hey, God loves you. He knows that man fell in sin. That's why he sent a redeemer. His name is Christ Jesus. When you receive Christ, you are a Christ follower. Therefore, he's now asking you to set yourself apart and be holy. That's it. All the other stuff is interpretive. And then it's okay to interpret the scriptures different ways, but don't go congruent to the absolute truths. Don't go opposite of that. And so, but, but in being holy, Paul said, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Lord, is there anything in my life that is not pleasing to you, that displeases you, that's contrary to your word? Father, would you reveal that to me? Why? By the Spirit of God and by the Holy Spirit of God. If we are to be holy, then we are to be set apart, but not set apart in such a way where we condemn everybody else. Yeah, I got the Holy Spirit, man. You ain't... <laughs> Too bad. Yeah, I go to Grace Church. You don't. Not sure you're going to make heaven. Fact is, there's people that probably think people in Grace Church say, but that's, that's just because we believe in grace. But, so to be set apart, though, listen to me, to be set apart is to live a lifestyle that you know is pleasing to God. Simple as that. And if, I live, if I'm living a lifestyle, now, the lifestyle, so in my finances, in my relationships, in my, uh, in my spiritual walk, in my emotional walk, I'm talking about lifestyle, I'm talking about the whole thing here. So, like, if you're judging people left and right, you're no more less holy than someone who you're judging. But, why, but I can judge their sin. Right, and, and you should, but you should also learn to trust and respect to be able to pour into that person, right, as well, okay? I think that's what Jesus did. I think that's why Jesus dined with sinners was so that he could pour, learn the trust to pour into them. He, you know, if, if you look at the legalistic way, Jesus was not holy because he was not set apart. But don't take that out of context. Jesus was very holy and very set apart. But he also knew the way to win them was to go commune with them, right? And so when we commune with people that maybe look different, act different, do different things than we do, it doesn't always mean condoning. It just means maybe we can earn some trust so that we can walk through these things together. Listen, if anybody changes because of man... They will change back because of man, because man won't let them down. That's the worst part of legalism, okay? If you change because of God, you should be changed forever. Because salvation, that word cleanse or repentance, means a paradigm shift. Yes, I used to be this way. Thank God I don't have to be that way anymore. Now I can be this way. I'm chasing Jesus. That's, that's being set apart. I'm on a track that chases, that chases after the Lord. Okay, and then the last but not least is the useful and ready, be useful and ready for work. So, so Janie puts the tiara in the, in the cabinet, but, but it's on display. And then when it's time for that tiara to work, she takes it out and she might polish it or dust it off. She sets the table and she has pitchers and she has plates and she has uh, egg, devil's egg holders and she has uh, all kind of things. I mean, just a, a ton of stuff. 
and the table looks beautiful and, is, and it's ready and she does it because she loves the kids or the, the friends or the family that are coming over and it's got to be right. And this is what God's telling us right here. The Spirit of God comes in, and then the presence of God comes in, and then the power of God's added to it. And now he says, you got all the makings to start living a life that is set apart from what looks like worldly desires. Now I'm going to use you. Now here's the thing. Here's the thing. You don't necessarily have to get here to there before God will use you. He may use you along the way. So uh, Saul... He gets knocked down. He gets blinded. And, and uh, Ananias is like, hey, you got to go pray for Saul. Maybe one of the toughest calls in all of the New Testament because Saul is killing Christ's followers. Hey, Ananias, go pray for Saul, will you? It's like he drew, he drew the short straw. I'm not going to go pray for a guy that's killing me. But Ananias doesn't even argue with God. Why? Because he's holy. Because he's set apart. He fears God. I'm going to go pray for him. Now Saul gets saved. God changes his name to Paul. He loves God. And it's about two years before he goes to Jerusalem. So I think there's some study time in there. We have to be careful in the church world we're not too quick to use people. Let's get them a little cleaned up. Good place to say amen if you want. I mean, let's get them a little. But we got to use somebody, right? It's like, yeah, pastor, I'm not cleaned up yet. Well, you've been in church for 13 years. It's time to get cleaned up. Help us in the nursery for a while. I mean, stop using it as an excuse. We're, we're, we're useful and we're ready. In two minutes, I'm, I'm about done. Jeannie and I were on vacation with some great friends. And I was sitting on a balcony overlooking the um, Marcus, can you come get this? And worship team, you can come on up here. Uh, I was sitting on a balcony overlooking the Pacific Ocean, and it was, it, was, it was just absolutely beautiful. And I was praying about my message and being a container, uh, useful, because I, I want to be used by God. And just because I preach or I'm a pastor doesn't mean, I mean, anybody can fake it. I want to be used by God. God, I, wanna, I want you to challenge me. I want to be used by you. And um, uh, have a picture. Give me a picture. The picture of the picture. This picture came to my mind, and, and the, real similar to the, the display that I had up here was, yeah, there's a picture of water, and, and part of that water is the present spirit of God, and part of it's the Holy Spirit. And I want to be see through. I want I want my I want the Lord to see my flaws so that He can work on my my flaws. And I'm praying, and and the they say the, if you look at the ocean. Uh, the horizon is about 16 or 17 miles away. And Janie said, look at that. There was a big boat. I don't, I don't think it was a cruise uh, ship. It could have been, uh, you know, it could have been a, a war, a, a military ship. It could have been anything. I'm not sure. But it was a huge boat. And you could see it 16 or 17 miles out. It was, you know, a glimpse of it. And, and, I, and I was praying at that point in time and asking the Lord just to show me this vessel because I want to be a vessel. And the Lord said, I think you're looking at it wrong, son. And, and you know, when God speaks to you, you got to kind of listen. Like, I'm not going to correct God. 
I want God to correct me. And he says, you're looking at it wrong. It's very true because see that, that picture, that glass picture you're looking at will never break because of the water in it. You'll never break because of the spirit that's in you. You should overflow. John 7 37 says that you'll overflow with like, you're out of your valleys will run rivers of living water. That's you. It's not talking about, that's talking about Christ followers. And so that picture can get so full and then it'll, it'll bubble over and burst over and things will happen and the presence of God in your life and joy and love and, and those pursuits we talk about, righteousness, love and faith and, and peace. And we're pursuing those things and we're, we're not being immature, being mature. And, and the Lord said, you're, that's good, but that's not where I want you. That's not the vessel I'm even talking about. And they gave me a picture of this snake. This is the vessel he was telling me about. He said, you hold the presence of God, but if you handle it right, the presence of God then will hold you. And this is the vessel. And this is a, a vessel, a sea-bearing vessel that's on water. And I got this picture as this boat was flying by or sailing by out, way out into the, the distant horizon. And I saw all the water and all I could see was, that's God. That's God. God's holding us these powerful vessels in the palm of his hand if we would just release everything to him. We, we guard the presence, we guard the spirit, that's good. We have a paraclete that comes alongside, but God wants to flip the script, if you will. And he, he says, I've got you right here. I, I appreciate the fact that you're wanting to hold on to me and keep yourself clean, but I want to use you. You are a powerful uh, entity in the kingdom of God. Stand with me this morning, if you will. I want you to think about three things really quickly. And we're going to sing one more song. Three things. One, if you're not a Christ follower, why not? Why not? Why not just say, Jesus, I need you to be the Lord of my life. Would I accept you. I accept the work that you did. I, I repent of my sins. I'm going to move forward in Christ too. If you're not baptized with the Holy Spirit, why not? Why not accept the greatest gift after salvation that heaven can give? Just ask the Lord, Lord, I'm, I'll follow you. I love you. Now would you fill me full with the baptism of the Holy Spirit? And, and you praise him in your quiet time. Yes, you may speak in another tongue. You may, you, may, uh, uh, you may encounter different things, but you grow in it and nothing weird will happen. It's just, you're just going to grow in Christ. But the third thing here is, why not? Why is it that the church world is bent on quarreling when we should be bent on declaring and prophesying and praying and believing and having faith. Why, why not become the vessel that God really intends us to be? The glass pitcher is good and that's a start, but I think at some point in time, God wants to turn that thing around and all of a sudden he says, wait a second, now I release you, now I empower you. The first church, the church in Acts, the second chapter was powerful. I mean, Peter's shadow raised people from the dead. Peter was a man like us. Peter denied Christ. Think about how powerful that is. Paul raised a dead man. Peter raised a dead man. It's, it's, it's turning the script around and saying, yes, I am a vessel. And you'll always be that vessel. But not the power of the Holy Spirit. I am really a vessel that can be used of God. And I think this is, this is the picture the Lord showed me that he wants us all to become. 
these powerful vessels, not for our glory, not for our kingdom, but for his glory, for his honor, for his praise, for his thanksgiving, that he could use us to be able to be a powerful vessel for someone else. Take five seconds to contemplate. Are you a Christ follower? Are you baptized with the Holy Spirit? And are you a vessel that God's getting ready to use? And if you're comfortable doing so, just raise your hands up. I want to pray for you. We're going to sing one more song. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray right now for those that are here that maybe need you. Lord, let them receive you. Those that maybe need the Holy Spirit, let them receive the Holy Spirit. Just by asking, that's all it takes. And then, Lord, let us have that paradigm shift. Let us, let us start thinking differently, acting differently. Let, let, let us not have a, an agenda that's different than you, that only calls on you. Let's have the Jesus agenda. Let's, let us put all other agendas aside and just let's, let's run to you, Jesus. And then, Lord, let us, be the, let us become that vessel of honor used for your glory, your kingdom, and your power. We love you, Father. Bless, bless these great people here, those watching online. Thank you for Jesus. Amen. Let's worship.
How many have received that message today? Wasn't that powerful? God is good. Amen. How many of you want to be used by God to be filled up by the Holy Spirit, to be poured out? Paul says in the last chapter of that uh, book that we were reading, 2 Timothy chapter 4, that I'm already being poured out like a drink offering. And I'm so grateful that God calls us and that he cleans us. And that like fine china or a fancy dish for like a special guest and a special purpose, you are set apart. But you're not just set apart to look good in a cabinet. We are set apart to be used by God, to be his holy people, his uh, chosen people, a, a, a royal priesthood, so that the world may know that Jesus Christ is the way to the Father. He's given us that power of the Holy Spirit so that we can be used by God. So as I close in prayer, I just want to uh, just ask God to, to, clean, to cleanse us, to fill us, to overflowing, and then to use us today. Amen. Lord, we thank you for this time that you have given us today just to spend time in your presence in worship and to hear your word and to learn and to grow. Lord, thank you for a powerful message. Help us to be like that vessel. Lord, to, to overflow, like just as it did on this table, that it overflow, Lord, that, that we are cleansed, Lord, by your word, by your spirit, by your blood of Jesus Christ, Lord, and that we are filled to overflowing, that we'd be a vessel like this ship, God, that is being used, Lord, overflowing, set apart to be used by you, Lord. I pray that you would help us to impact our communities, our jobs, our homes, our neighborhoods, to be used by you, Lord, around this, uh, the world, Lord, even as we give with our tithes and our offerings today, Lord, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to be used by you, God, in whatever way, in whatever capacity you've called us to do this. Lord, I ask that you'd help us to do it by the power of your Holy Spirit, not by what is in us, but Lord, by the Holy Spirit that is in us. We pray all in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. We love you. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday.